uh, there's something God's word does for us. One of the things what God does for us is that one, God's word never engenders fear. The one of the ways you know that what you're studying is godly, is, is, is biblical, is that it never brings fear, it never breeds it, it never engenders it, it never, you know, it, it, it will never make you afraid. Uh, um, so, so whatever gospel, whatever teaching, whatever the word you hear from the Bible, um, the way you know is authentic, is biblical, is, is, is true, is that it never breeds fear in you. Amen tonight. It brings, it not brings fear in you. In Hebrews 2 14, it says, it says, it says, it says, it says, Jesus has, 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 has conquered him that have the power of death. For as much as the children partook in flesh and blood, he also partook in the same, that he might destroy him that have the power of death and, and deliver those who all through their lifetimes have been subject to the bondage of the fear of what? Of death, fear, fear. And Bible says, perfect love of God casts out fear. 2 Timothy 1 7. The Bible says, For God has not given us the spirit of bondage to fear, but of what? Of power, of love, and word, sound mind. So, how do you test for the authenticity of the word? It brings power, it brings love, and it engenders sound mind. It brings faith. So there's no fear in the word of God. So what, how do you know that the preaching you are hearing is of God is that it never brings fear in your heart. Rather, it brings faith. It brings love. It brings confidence in God. Hallelujah. Two, it never leads or engenders carnality. You see, any word of God you hear will never breach, you know, you know, you know, you know, the carnal life. What is carnal life? Living after the flesh, you know, you know, excusing sin, living permissive life. You know, you know, you know, and I'm saying, well, we are all sinners anyway. We, we don't know who is who until we see God. No, when you read the word of God truly, it leads you in the path of God, righteousness. That's what the psalmist said in Psalm 23. Say, for thou lead me in the path of righteousness for for thy name's sake. So the way you test the word of God that you're hearing is that it always leads you towards what? Righteousness. Amen. So I say, firstly, it engenders word. It doesn't engender fear. So any word that you hear that brings fear, that brings fear and condemnation is not God's word. Two, it never leads one to living a carnal and permissive life. John 70, 70 says, sanctify them by thy truth. Thy word is what? Truth. So what God's word does for us is that it, 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 it moves us towards sanctification. It, it helps us. It, it keeps bringing that to our view. It doesn't obscure. It doesn't excuse sin. Praise God. But you see, it leads us. It, 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 it moves you toward, toward becoming, becoming more sanctified. Praise God. Hallelujah tonight. Thirdly tonight, um, and I will say that, that the true word of God moves you to be more like Christ. You see that it moves you more like Christ. First Corinthians 11, 1, Paul says, he says, follow me as I follow Christ. As I follow Christ, it moves you to want to follow him. So if the word you are hearing is not moving you to following Christ, 
carrying up your cross daily and following him, then paraventure what you're listening to is not the word of God. But I know for us and the church at Oga, we are following the word of God. Hallelujah. And this is what we must put our emphasis and our attention on. Very, very important. Why? Because our faith is hinged on the word that we hear daily. You see, the diet of a man determines his development. We all know that is a natural principle. The diet of a man determines his development. And you see, his development also eventually determines his impact in life. You see, a child not well developed will not do much, will not have so much strength. But you see, most times, children's development is always hinged on how they've been fed. The kind of food they eat determines how they make um, developmental progress and growth. So also it is in the spirit. What we eat actually determines your output. I say usually that whatever a bird eats is what it flies with. You cannot be stronger than what you feed on. And that's what we must feed on the truth of God's word. Amen tonight. And so tonight we've come again to feed. I said all that to make you hungry more for the word of God this evening. Let us pray. Father, I thank you. We approach your word with humility. Your word is power. Your word is life. Your word is grace. Thank you, Lord, because we are, we are, our faces are lightened as we behold your word. Our, our, our heart rejoices. Uh, um, um, discouragement disappears. Faith, fear, fear disappears as we, as we behold your word tonight, oh God. Your love finds small root in us because of your word tonight. Thank you, God, because you bless your people. Thank you because we will feed on your sincere milk tonight. It will not be corrupted. It won't be adulterated. It won't be embellished. It will come, Lord, by you in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, because the word tonight will come with much power, with more assurance and the Holy Spirit, energizing it in us and strengthening my mouth to speak. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Um, tonight, I just want to sincerely thank Bro, Bro Emmanuel for the reminder. Um, tonight, God bless you. Thank you for your, your, your care for the people of God. Um, God bless you in Jesus' name. And all the people in the media team, thank you for always being there. All right, tonight, I want us to quickly look at the word of God and then make progress from where we stopped. Um, if you're following, um, we, we've been discussing water baptism. And then um, one of the things I want to encourage us to put in heart is that Jesus didn't leave us confused. He left us with the word. The word of God is the testament of Jesus. The word of God is the will of Jesus. Amen tonight. Um, um, I, 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 I want to start um, from Hebrews tonight, even though that was not where I intended to, to pick up, but I think, um, thank you, Lord Jesus. 
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father God. Oh, glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. All right. Um, let me just move on tonight. Um, the, the, the word of God is a testament of God, and um, we must um, follow it and listen to the voice of Jesus. And so, water baptism have uh, been coming, but in the last few classes, um, we talked about the two ordinances, um, the ordinance of the communion and the breaking of bread and um, water baptism. But I just inserted the communion because I, I just believe it's important it, it, um, for me to mention it, but I'm going to talk more about it by the grace of God um, subsequently. But I want us to know that Jesus commanded us to do in remembrance of him. And then so we will, by the grace of God. Um, but tonight, I want us to turn our Bibles to Matthew chapter 28 as we make progress on our teaching on water baptism. On water baptism. Uh, amen. Matthew 28. Matthew 28. We'll read um, verses 18 and, um, and 19. Uh, by the grace of God. 18 and 19. Um, and I read from here, I read from the King James Version of the Bible. It says, And Jesus came and spake unto them. Who came to speak unto them? Jesus. So if any man will come and say to you, What about this? It's not necessary. Who would you believe? Jesus or the man? Jesus. So I don't care whatever the man says. All I care about what Jesus said because i will not be judged by the words of a man i'll be judged by the words of jesus hallelujah so that's what jesus said here and jesus came and said and spake unto them saying all power and the word there in in, in greek is the word authority is the word exousia so all authority is given unto me in heaven and in earth go ye therefore and teach all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of word, the world. Amen. So what Jesus said here is not for a time frame, is till the end of the world. So it's not, it's not, it's not, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a universe or rather it, it cuts across ages, all right? From the time these words were uttered, it, it has no limit. The time it expires is when the world comes to an end, glory to God. So it said, for lo, I am with you in this world, in this command, even to the end of the age, praise God. So in, 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 uh, by, by implication, the command there, baptizing them, is not for an age, it's for all time. And it's important to note this statement um, um, because of what the Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 14 to, to 17, where Paul was saying, I thank my God 
for I baptized none of you, and, and I didn't baptize anyone in my name. So I believe in the early church, baptism was done in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. That's what Paul said, I baptized no one in my name. That means it was, it was, it was, it was done in the name of, thank God it's not in the name of Peter, because it says, how do you divide it against Peter, against Paul or, or Apollos? So it wasn't in any of the apostles' names. It was in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And that's what Jesus commanded. So it's, you know, it's a simple instruction for the church. Amen. And, and if we are members of the body of Christ, of the church of the living God, then we have to follow the instructions of Jesus. Amen tonight. And um, uh, told me also tonight to Mark's gospel quickly, Mark 16, Mark 16. I want to establish a few things tonight. Um, you know, we're coming to a point in our lives as we follow God, uh, we don't, um, uh, we just choose the word of God and stay with it and just stay with it. It's important. Mark 16, let's read from verse 15. From verse 15. And if you observe, these, these words are the words that Jesus spoke close to the end uh, at the point that he was going to heaven. Mark 16, verses 15 to 16. Water baptism. Is it important? What did Jesus say about it? And if Jesus commanded us to baptize, should anyone forbid the Christian baptized? All, all right, let's read verse 16 now, 15. And he said unto them, who said unto them there? Jesus, so we know that. If, if you read in the King James Version, it's written in the red um, ink, all right? So, and he said unto them, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and his word baptized, the word baptized, there is stress, is baptized shall be saved. Um, is baptized. He that, but notice that believeth preceded baptism. It is a he that is baptized shall be saved. No, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Now, it's, 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 it's clear enough for us. If Jesus tells us when we believe, we, we ought to also go to the ordinance of water baptism, then it's a simple instruction from the master that we have to strictly follow in obedience to, the, to God. So he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Amen. But 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 if you if you if you if you come down to now 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 by 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 implication of that statement it means but but but, but he that believeth not though baptized shall not be saved. That was said there. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. We see. So he that does not believe but baptized shall not be saved. So baptism by itself. It's not a, a means to salvation. But when a man is saved, 
but the token of salvation, the spirit of God in you will, will, will witness in your spirit by the word. The baptism is necessary because Jesus commanded us so to do. Amen tonight. So for us in the church at Oba, we will follow the Lord because no man will judge us because there are divergent views and opinions from different quarters about, about the doctrine of water baptism, about the doctrine of the Holy Ghost baptism. But you see, people can interpret scripture the way they want. But when we all meet Jesus, we will all give account. But you see, Scripture cannot mean something different when the apostles believed it than what it will mean to us today. If they believe Jesus and they and they got baptized and they baptized people, that same word cannot now mean something different to us today. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, the same today, and forever. Hebrews 13, verse 8. Hallelujah. So if the, if the disciples that heard Jesus speak these words, understood it to mean water baptism after salvation, it cannot change over time to mean it's no more important because of a new revelation. You know, I wonder how some people said that the apostles are um, that, that, you know, somebody says that revelation is progressive as though those ones don't understand what Jesus said. Amen tonight. Whatever progress or whatever progress we make in revelation cannot contradict the word of God as the first century believers understood it. Amen tonight. So, so we see Jesus emphatically and clearly giving and handing down to us the injunction of being baptized in water after we are saved. Hallelujah. So this is clear from the Gospels of Matthew and Mark. And these were the words of Jesus as reported by the writers. Amen. Now, let's come quickly to the purpose of this injunction. What is the purpose? Then I'll come to the significance. All right. Um, 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 what's the purpose? And then what are the, what, 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 what are the significance of, of baptism? And this is the, the crux of the real matter tonight. And we must, we must pay attention closely to this amen you see christianity is not difficult the bible says that where uh, uh, jesus has 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 shown us the pattern by the words the 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 the, the, the apostles wrote down and handed over to us it has, it has, it has, it has been preserved through the ages. Though it has been, it's been highly, you know, sought to be destroyed. But God, in His infinite mercy, has preserved scriptures for us. You know, someone wrote a song, and the song is scriptural. The song we know. He says, "Holy words." Of our faith, 
handed down. See that? To this age. It has existed in previous ages. It came to us through sacrifice. Oh, let the ancient world in part words of life, words of hope, give us strength and help us cope in this world where we roam. Ancient words will guide us all. Ancient words ever true, changing me and changing you. We have come. We open heart. Oh, let the ancient word. Hallelujah. The ancient word came to us through sacrifice. It's been handed down to us by the fathers. It came by blood. It came through death. Preserved through ages for us. And all that is required of us in this time is to obey. For there is no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. So tonight I want to let you know that for us as a church, we will opt to trust and obey Jesus. Even if it's not popular anymore in our generation, even if the popular men are not saying it, but for us, we will just trust and obey. For there's no other way to be happy in Jesus. But we trust and obey. Hallelujah. What is the purpose of the communion and water baptism? Pretty quickly tonight. I want to listen to me. The first one. These two injunctions or water baptism does not transmit redemptive grace to anyone. That means it is not the, the channel through which Redemption is, 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 is gotten. It's not. Baptism is not the, it's not how God transmits redemption. It is not a prerequisite for salvation. Baptism is not a prerequisite for salvation. And it does not in any way transfer redemptive grace. Because some people say if you baptize children, you are transferring redemptive grace to them. You are, you are, you are holding them until they're able. No, no, no. Baptism does not transfer any grace to anyone. The Bible never says when you are baptized, the grace of God, when you are baptized, you are saved. That, that baptism saves. No, baptism in itself does not save. The scripture in first John 3 that I will examine in the course of this teaching. 
Ephesians 2 verse 8 and 9 clearly says that for by, for by grace are ye saved through faith. It is not of yourself. It is the gift of God, lest any man should boast. So it's clear. It didn't say for by baptism are ye saved. It says no, for by grace, by grace. So our salvation is solely on the grace of God. But when the grace of God that brings that salvation comes to earth, and we're able to appropriate it, that grace enables us to go through that, that ordinance that Jesus has commanded. John 3, 16, For God so loved the world, and he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have eternal and everlasting life. Romans 1, 16, For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it's the power of God, it's the power of God unto salvation to all the world that believeth, praise God. You see, so the gospel is the power of God salvation to all that it is a baptism. So baptism is not a prerequisite to salvation. But Jesus said, he that believeth should be what? Baptized. If you have other question, you ask him when you get to heaven. But guess what? They will tell us, obey before you what? You complain. That's the order. Hallelujah tonight. So we see that. So, second point. So, point number one, baptism does not transmit redemptive grace to anyone. It is not a prerequisite to salvation. That, that's, 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 that's one. But we must just know that Jesus commanded also to do two. Baptism and, and breaking of bread are actually a means. Now, they don't transmit redemption, but they means of grace by which God confers the benefit of salvation to his people. It does not infuse grace, but it's, it, it, it's, it's a channel through which the grace of God comes on the people. Now, let me explain this way. You see, Romans chapter 6, talk about that word tonight. Romans 6, baptism is a means of grace. It's a means, it's a vehicle through which God's grace, all right, comes to us after we are saved. After we are saved. Romans chapter 6. Hallelujah. It says, for the communion, it says, it says, it says, when people eat the body without discerning it, it says they sleep and they are sick. It means when we eat it and discern it, it brings us what? life and peace so it's a means of grace but for 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 baptism let's read romans 6 let's read verses 4 and 5 therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death that like as christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the father even so so say even so we also should work in the newness of life. Verse 5. 
For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, you see right now, we shall also be in the light of his word. So see, that's what the whole issue is. God wants us, there's a mechanism through which baptism brings us to also partake in the likeness of his word, resurrection. Hallelujah. So it doesn't confess, but you see, it's a command of God that, 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 that transfers the grace of God in salvation towards. Point three, undergoing baptism or communion clearly shows our our, our, our strict obedience to the word of God. If Jesus commanded it, then we have to strictly obey. For by adhering to these words of Jesus, we are declaring our allegiance to Christ. How do we declare our allegiance? How do we show the world that we have fully believed Christ? We show the world when we publicly declare for him by publicly going for baptism. You see, if, if, if for only the fact that I'm obeying Jesus, hallelujah. You know, you know, you know, as you go under the water, you say, Jesus, I thank you because this is in obedience to your word. That alone is to bring an eternal joy in your spirit. So when we undergo water baptism, we are declaring our obedience and allegiance to Jesus publicly. So I don't want to wait for a man to talk me out of publicly declaring my allegiance to the words of my Lord, to the words of my God, requiring me to be baptized after I have believed. Amen tonight. You know, some folks, why would they not be baptized? Maybe they are ashamed and, and, and feel it's demeaning because over the time it's been, it's been, it's been, no, you know, no, no, no. You say, if, if anyone is ashamed of me on earth before men, I will be ashamed of me, of him for my father and his holy angels. So it's imperative and it's important for us to know that baptism is an instruction of Jesus. And obeying shows our allegiance to him. Oh, what a blessing to show allegiance to Jesus. Amen tonight. All right. Now I'm saying this for anyone hearing me who's on baptizing water, start preparing. If you are in the church that doesn't believe water baptism, don't fight them. Find a place or talk to the leader in the place and say, ah, sir, 
I want to baptize you and show them scripture. If they said no, if, if you try to explain it away, go to a place where you can baptize in water by immersion without fighting them. Let us relieve. Um, and if you are being baptized, will make them to excommunicate you, be excommunicated from the church, and be joined in union with Christ. Hallelujah tonight. Let me quickly run through the significance of water baptism. Um, we have 20 minutes more tonight. I think I can run through this. Amen. The first one tonight that I want to raise and I want to pay attention to is that first and foremost, baptism simply means to immerse or to fully make wet. That's the, that's the meaning of baptism. I don't want to go through Greek words and all that. No, it simply means to be immersed in water or be made to be fully wet. Um, but you can't be fully wet without being immersed. <laughs> all right. And the early church practiced baptism by full immersion or fully immersing adults who have professed their faith in Christ. Baptism in water, therefore, is an act of obedience symbolizing the, the believer's faith in the crucified, the buried, and the risen Savior. The, believer, the believer's death to sin, the burial of the old life, and the resurrection to walk in the newness of life in Christ Jesus. So baptism is not salvation, but testifies of the salvation already experienced. So baptism testifies. So everyone who is saved will want to testify of the experience of salvation. And when we go for what baptism, what are we doing? We are testifying of the experience of salvation that we already have. Amen tonight. So baptism is, 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 is us testifying to the salvation already experienced. Now, what, what actually uh, is Jesus, you know, you know, doing by, 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 by the baptismal injunction? One of the things I believe is that one, through baptism, Jesus introduces all believers to the triune God. Amen tonight. You see, through baptism, Jesus introduces all Christians toward the triune God because it is from his lips to her baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So Jesus here is fully entrenching the doctrine of Trinity. Even though there's no word like Trinity in the Bible, but it's a description of of of. of of a of a of a of a of a truth of scripture. Matthew 20, 20, 19. It says baptizing them in the name of the Father, of the Son, and Holy Ghost. In fact, first John 5 7 says, For there are three that bear record or witness in heaven: God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And these three actually are one. But see, there are three in essence, but they are one together in unity. 
So what does baptism do to us? First and foremost, Jesus is introducing to us the triune God. So if anybody is arguing that God is one, yes, God is one. But from, from, from the mouth of Jesus, there are three persons in the Godhead. The Father, the Son, and, the, and, they're, and they're distinct in themselves, but of essence, they are one. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen tonight. Praise God. So the doctrine of Trinity is a doctrine of Jesus. Two, it symbolizes cleansing from sin. Baptism symbolizes cleansing from sin. Acts 2, 38 to 39. Turn there with me tonight. It symbolizes cleansing. So why won't you be cleansed? Hallelujah. Matthew I mean, Acts 2, 38. But Peter, now Peter is speaking here, having preached to all the people on the day of Pentecost, repent and be baptized. Where did Peter hear this word from? From Jesus. From Jesus. So no one can be wiser than Jesus or Peter Explaining Jesus' thoughts. Amen. No one can, can explain Jesus' thoughts more than Jesus himself. And Peter, saying this here, actually said in 2 Peter 1, verse 16, he said, For we are eyewitnesses of the word, his majesty. Peter is an eyewitness, he was with Jesus himself. And so he heard Jesus speak these words. He says, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the word, the remission of sin. So one of the things that this does, it symbolizes the washing away of sin. It's a, it's a right in the church. It's an injunction for the church. It's a thing we must be proud of in practice. It is not Old Testament. It is not, it's not God of the law. It is, it is practice now. Jesus commanded it to be so. So every believing child of God should desire to be baptized. Amen tonight. Tell me tonight to Acts 22, verse 16. Acts 22, verse 16. Acts 22, 16. I read. This was Paul. You know, I'm talking here in defense in, 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 in Jerusalem. And it says, and now... Okay, is is recounting his experience when he got born again when when Christ appeared to him in Acts nine. I don't go to Acts nine, but this will refer you there because Bible says and Paul rose and was what was baptized, right? But okay, maybe I should go to what this verse actually explains the cleansing part that he does, and and it says and why tarries thou arise and baptized. And see what it says, and wash 
away thy sin. Now, it's not as though baptism is not wash away the sin, but sin is a symbol to show you in the natural that what the blood has done in the spirit, you are experiencing by what? By in the physical. That's what so it, it gets into your mind and your conscience, and then it becomes a thing that all men see and all men know. So that when you go back again to see those that have you who have once been cleansed, now come again. You are coming on the things from what you have renounced. So it's a sign, it's a symbol of what has happened in the spirit in the physical. It's a time. Bible says, for the blood of Jesus, does what? Cleanses all from all sins. Yeah. It happens in the spirit. That's what happens in redemption on the cross. But when we come and, and baptize in water, we are not showing for that which has occurred there in the spirit. We are showing it for in the natural, for all men to see. So baptism is a time of joy, a time of rejoicing. Well, we are showing the world, we are showing men that something has happened in the spirit and I'm showing you in the physical because you can see it. Amen tonight. Number four, for time's sake. Baptism also symbolizes the escape of the divine wrath of God, the divine judgment of God. You see, there's a baptism of fire, but when we go through what a baptism is a symbol of our escape of the judgment. Now, let me show you this quickly tonight. Just as Noah and his family escaped God's judgment via baptism. You see that? Now, the baptism brought judgment to the unbelievers. But to Noah and his family, it brought what? Redemption. He, 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 by, 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 by baptism, the, the, the ark was lifted. By, by, by the pouring of the water, the ark was raised. So, so baptism that source is a symbol, is a sign to you that you have escaped the wrath and the judgment of God. Amen tonight. Now, see, see, the, 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 the flood is like the archetype. So every Christian escapes the divine judgment by baptism. Talk with me tonight to First Peter chapter 3. So all these things are symbols to you, so you know. First Peter 3, we'll read verse 20 and 21. It says here, which sometime were disobedient when once the long suffering of God waited in the days of Noah, while the ark was prepared, wherein few that his eight souls were saved by what? By water. Not as though water saved them, it was the grace of God that saved them. But see, the water was what made the ark of God to what? To lift. So by the water, they escaped 
that judgment. But the water, the earth is lifted. So when we go through water baptism, it is a symbol, it's a sign towards that we have escaped that judgment. We have risen with Christ. We have been buried with him. But now we have been made alive together with him. Verse 21. The like figure went on to even baptism that also save us, not the putting away of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of the good conscience toward God, but the resurrection of who? Of Jesus Christ. It says, now the baptism saved us from what? From the wrath of God. It's a symbol, it's a type, an archetype of the, of the spiritual reality we have in God. Tonight, lastly, as I close, baptism symbolizes the incorporation into the church. It is the act that signals the willingness and the intention of the new or old believer to follow obediently and faithfully the mediator of the new covenant, Jesus Christ, the new in the new community. You notice in the, in, the, in the early church, everyone that joins the church always is what? Baptized. In fact, baptism is like, it's like the, 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 this, the mark that you are actually, you're actually done something in what? In fact, it's a sign that what happened in what was what was real. Because everyone that was baptized in the early church was actually marked. That this one actually, you see, can't we know who, who has been saved by this confessing? All right, no one sees your heart. But how do men know that this one is saved? They are the world who works under the water and they are marked as members of the church. How did Peter, I mean, Paul, go about this? See, people who have been saved, they know them. This one's baptized. We saw them. We knew the day. So people went out to seek for them. So baptism actually is, 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 is a symbol of the incorporation into the church. It signals the act of, of, of uh, and the willingness and the intention of the new or old believer to follow obediently and faithfully the mediator of the new covenant. That is Jesus Christ in the new in the new community. So there's a something called the community of the new of the saints. Baptism is a symbol, a sign of your willingness to be incorporated. When that that inward 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 reality is being done. You'll be willing to be physically incorporated. And how does that, how is that done through water baptism? I say, Pastor, I've been attending church for some years. I've been baptized in water. There's, there's nothing wrong about that. You can be baptized today. Whatever time the opportunity comes by knowledge and by understanding, and then water is found, you can be baptized. Let me end with this tonight. Acts, Acts chapter 8. The story of the, of the eunuch. Let me show it to you right now. I will read through some verses. Acts 8. Let me read from 31. 
And he said, how can I explore, or rather, okay, let me read 26. And the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, saying, Arise and go toward the south, unto the way that went down from Jerusalem to Gaza, which is desert. And he arose and went, and, be, and behold, an Ethiopian man, or, or a man of Ethiopia, and, uh, and eunuch of great authority under Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who had the church of all her treasure, and had come to Jerusalem for to worship, was turning and sitting in his chariot, read as Isaiah the prophet. Then the spirit said unto Philip, Go near and join thyself to this chariot. And Philip ran thither to him and heard him read the prophet Isaiah and, and said, Understand it thou, thou readest 31. And he said, How can I except some man should guide me? And he desired Philip that he should come up and sit with him. 32. The place of the scripture which he, he read was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter, and like a lamb dumb before his shearer, so opened he not his mouth. In his humiliation, his judgment was taken away, and who shall declare his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. And the eunuch answered Philip and said, I pray thee of whom speaketh the prophet this, of himself or of some other man. Then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. And as they went on their way, they, they came unto a certain water and the eunuch said, see, here is water. What does hinder me to do what? Now, what made him say that Philip has talked about water baptism after salvation? That's why he says, now see water, what is hindering me? Now, hear what Philip said. Next line. And Philip said, If thou believest with all in thy heart, thou mayest. That is, that is, that is, that is. He already believed. And said, I believe. And they went down. So you see, what happens here is that you can be baptized at any time the opportunity comes to you. Either as a newcomer or as, a, as, as, as an old believer. Tonight, I want to encourage you and say to us all, Baptism is important. Baptism is essential because Jesus, our Lord, gave the injunction. And the injunction of baptism is not for a time frame or a time space. It's till the end of the age. Baptism is not for a moment. It's for all time. As a believer, Jesus commanded us. And what a joy it will be for us to be obedient sons of our Father. Bible says it's better to obey than the word to explain it away. Let's stay with the word. Let's hold on to the traditions of the word of God. Let's hold on to the traditions of the church of God and obey and follow Jesus. As we, are, as we go in under the water, we arise from it to a new life. That which God does through baptism is known to him alone. What a joy it is for you to know that for once you have obeyed the word 
of your master. Let's pray tonight. Father, thank you. We've heard your word again tonight in teaching about baptism. But I pray, oh God, that everyone who has heard me tonight will understand this. Those of us who have been baptized in water by immersion will have deeper knowledge and insight and be able to communicate the truth of Jesus. And the, and the reality of the baptism, Lord, shall be, shall be much more entrenched in us, in Jesus' name. And for those who are yet to be baptized, Lord, I pray, Lord, that you open their eyes to see and know by your word that this is your design and this is your word and this is what you require of us as we follow you in the path of life and redemption. Thank you because, Lord, you preserve your church. You keep your people loving your word, loving your will, and doing that what pleases you. But help us, Lord, please do that we desire to please men in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord, because we know, God, that we will not be ashamed of you on this earth. Thank you, because you are bold towards us and we also are confidently, oh God, coming toward you in faith and humility, responding and obeying your word. Thank you for the spirit of grace, the spirit of life that rests on us, that produces righteousness and brings forth the peace of God in the hearts of the people. Thank you, Lord, tonight. We give you praise and glory. Or pray with thanksgiving. In Jesus' name we pray. Someone say with me, Amen. And Amen. And Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you tonight for, for listening. We'll continue next next class um, examining what a baptism in the Old Testament.